Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi-ho, everybody. Welcome back to Disney Plus Us, where every other week we take a look at another piece of content on that there Disney Plus streaming service. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Griffin Tanel, Griffy D-Pad, and with me, as always, is the wonderful, fantastic Mr. Miss George. How's it going? After, I think, probably six months of talking about this movie on almost every episode of the podcast, <laughs> we are finally, and I say finally, Getting to talk about the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and I could not be happier. Oh, yeah. We've really talked about this one. We've talked about this on probably almost every podcast leading up to this one for the last few months. But, Mitch, we are not alone today. We are not. Thank As God. Always, we have a fantastic, super special guest. Adam, how's it going? Hello, hello. Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. And the pressure is on since now I know that you guys have been talking about it for... Six months. Uh, I, I hope remember the- why we've been talking about it so much. It just keeps coming up in our brains. I want to say we were watching. It might have been when we did the because we recorded the episode we did on the Sword in the Stone real early versus when it came out. But it's just like there's been this thing with just like watching stuff with magic. Maybe it was WandaVision. No, we didn't do episode. We did an episode on WandaVision, right? I don't no, remember. Did, exactly. uh, I don't even remember. That was so long ago, man. Maybe what if and Doctor Strange stuff. I don't know, but this this movie is so much fun. I'm so glad we're getting here to sit here and talk about it. And what's fun about this, Adam, is when I reached out to you, I'm like, hey, we're thinking about doing an episode on this. We're thinking about doing some Doctor Strange stuff, which y'all may have listened to slash will be. No, will have listened to. Timing is hard um, yeah. for both the first Doctor Strange as well as Multiverse of Madness, which you can go check out on the podcast feed at your leisure. Uh, but when I reached out, I'm like, oh, yeah, we got these movies that we're thinking of talking about and The Sorcerer's Apprentice. And your response was, dude, I watched this last night and it's great. <laughs> so it, it was it, a match made a, in heaven. So don't don't it, no pressure. This is going to be great. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's 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 a great movie. I actually really, really do like this movie. Um, I have a lot that I want to talk about this movie, which I think is a good thing, like like during the during my rewatching of this. So so I watched it a month ago. And then you reached out and I'm like, oh, that's so weird because I just like started watching it or like I just finished watching it. And then you're like, yeah, let's watch this. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to have to watch this again. That's fine. Except I'm going to have to do this professionally and like take notes and stuff. So I have notes. Wait, we're supposed like, to take notes. I take notes every I, week. What are you I talking just go to Wikipedia or IMDb and it works fine. <laughs> so I, I took notes and and every so often I have like in parentheses some talking points. It's <laughs> like, oh, like wild if you have talking points. My God. <laughs> Look, yeah, I was I like, plot, 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 plot. This is cool. <laughs> Most of my notes about this movie are my brain absolutely breaking by seeing Jay Baruchel on screen. I am so used to seeing him as Hiccup in How to Train Your Dragon that it just mm. does not compute whenever I see this man's face. <laughs> he's not a very traditional leading man and we have seen that in hollywood because this movie came out 12 years ago as of our recording almost 12 years ago and uh what has he been the lead of since a lot of things well since or the most biggest one is how to train your dragon no i there was also like um the the girl next door if i remember correctly like that was actually before this was it before I think it was around that time. I'm looking through now. I know he was in. Yeah, Tropic I can't. Thunder. 
but I think that was before Sorcerer's Apprentice. Uh, yes. Yeah. So for those who do not know, Jay Baruchel, best known for things like that. Um, this is the end, which I thought he was really funny in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you're thinking she's out of my league, right? That's the one. Yeah. That's so that one. came out the same year as this movie. Hmm. Yes. This movie so, came out in 2010. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell with some of the references it makes. Um, oh yeah. We'll get, we'll there were some in jokes in here. Would not fly today. Um, let me give you all some stats really quickly. Uh, first off, this was directed by John Turtletob. Um, you might know him from another uh, another very fun... That's where this came up. Because he yes. directed Cool Runnings. Yes, he did direct Cool Runnings. And when we recorded Cool Runnings, we said we had to do an episode on this friggin' movie. Uh, and he's also very um, good friends at this point with uh, Nicolas Cage because he also directed National Treasure. If you have not listened to our episode on Cool Runnings where we had Ant Goron as a guest, oh my god, was that a... There's no movie, like, there's no plot to that movie, really, so it was us just vamping for, like, an hour and a half, and it was fantastic. So do go back and give that one a listen. At one point, we made fun of Mitch's hockey team. I mean, that happens very regularly. My hockey team doesn't know how to win games, or win playoff games. But yeah, uh, directed by John Turtletub, um, obviously based upon the Sorcerer's Apprentice par- portion of Fantasia. I guess short. Loosely Fantasia. inspired by, I think, would probably be the right way so, to... We'll get into the reasoning behind it, but Nick Nick Cage literally said, I want to make that. I want to make a magic movie. And they said, Jerry Bruckheimer is like, yeah, let's do it. And then they did. They did. Um, (laughs) Runtime of 109 minutes, released July 14th, 2010, with a budget of $150 million. By the way, this is a CG festival. Most of that budget went to CG. Um, it actually looks pretty good, to be fair, for a movie made in 2010. Like, holds up surprisingly yeah, well. It very much does. Uh, box office numbers, $215.3 million. Made its money back pretty well. I would say this was somewhat of a success. Um, it, reviewers did not think so. <laughs> I, that's where I was going to get to, yeah. The problem was it came out at a really strong time for film. Like, this was Disney's, like... Tentpole summer live action film, but it released right around Inception and Despicable Me. So, like, rightfully so, even though it did do pretty well at the box office, it uh, it came out in a very very strong summer 2010. So here's here's the thing that surprised me about this movie. Um, this song, this movie has uh has two licensed songs in it, which just perfectly encapsulated my my the music I loved in 2010. <laughs> Do you know what those two I mean, songs are, Mitch? It, it, it was Imagine Dragons and it was no, Superstition not. by... Hmm? No, Is that a, not Imagine Dragons? No, that's One Republic. Oh, no, it's, it's, one Republic. It's, it's all the same thing. It's Jimmy Eat World. It's Jimmy Eat World. Um, oh, yeah, Jimmy Eat World, the middle, opens it. I mean, technically, Superstition gets used, right? Does it? Sorry? Superstition by uh, Stevie Wonder is the first song he does with the uh, Tesla Coils. Oh, yeah, um, I guess technically. He has two songs with Tesla coils. He does Superstition. He does yeah. the One Republic song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, no joke. I loved I loved Secrets growing up. I loved this song. It's a good song. Not going to lie. So like, that, that scene with them in the Tesla coils with the electricity playing Secrets, still one of my favorite scenes in this movie. It's so good. Did I ever tell you about the... I told you about the Jimmy World show that I saw a few years ago, right? I, I think I was off podcast. It was off podcast. So yeah, do you want me to recant yeah, it here it. or? Okay, so it, I think it was summer of twenty. 
12, no, 14, something like that. Um, mid 2010s, we'll say. I saw an outdoor festival concert, Niagara on the Lake, Ontario. For those of you who are familiar with Niagara Falls, it's about half hour north of that. And the show was uh, Yukon Blonde, Serena Ryder, Jimmy World, Metric, and City in Color. And by golly, was that a fun concert. Remember when we used to go to concerts and weren't worried about a virus, you know, doing virusy things? That was fun. I don't remember that. That's too long ago. I don't <laughs> remember like three months ago, guys. We like, were, I'm, I'm like... Before we were homeowners, parents, yeah. like... <laughs> My wife, my my wife goes um, like this is a conversation I had today with my wife. I'm like, yeah. So so how old's our baby? Like like ten months. She looks at me like straight face and goes, "He's nine months. He has your birthday. You should know this." And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how many date, how many months it's been since my birthday. Like that's not just that's just not something you know off the top of your head. That's fair, but we do like kind of do a. Happy birthday, not a celebration, but we like, you know, happy birth month thing. Like there's no celebration, no gifts, no nothing. But we do like a photo shoot to see the growth and all that. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. However, as long as you don't end up as one of those parents like, oh, yeah, my kid's 34 months old. Like, no, start counting in years at that point. (laughs) Yeah, 100 percent. 100 percent. You start counting in years. I hope so. But, you know, people are weird. Like I, I think the, the cutoff for when you can stop referring to your kid by how many months old there is 18 months. At that point, it's 18 months and up. Then you go to the yeah. year. Like, that's fair. But that's just my I, I don't just everyone does you. it differently. But so Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yes. go back to talking about so, wizards and yeah, Adam, stuff. Why, why do you love this movie so much? I'm kind of curious. Like what brought you to wanting to talk about this one? OK, so. I've loved this movie since probably like the first seeing of it uh, for a few reasons. One, I absolutely love Jay Baruchel's humor. I think he, as a comedian, he hits perfectly well within like the scope that he typically like plays in. So he's always like the underdog, the awkward guy. Um, and I kind of felt like that as a as a kid. Right. Like I was always like an outcast. I was uh, n- I was a social butterfly, but I also always like had like my personal reservations and like, oh, like, you know, uh, do I do this or like, would it be weird if I said this and things like that? You always have that as a kid growing up. And so that was always um, like it it was it was a relatable point. Um, And uh, yeah, no, I think that that's just the. uh, kind of where that movie kind of drew me in right it, it, it's 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 yeah sorry i'm <laughs> you're good you're good. rambling that, that, and tripping over good. my words no i think it, he's probably he's easily the best part of this movie like he is the lead for a reason he it, it's one of those things like he, his the roles that he plays typically he he's sort of like a fish out of water right you look at something like she's out of she's out of my league or this is the end where he's like the awkward guy on the outside or even something like goon where he doesn't. And okay. Hard stop. Even if you're not a fan of hockey, do go and watch the movie goon starring Sean William Scott, because, Oh my God, is that movie really good? Including its sequel, both really good movies. You're Canadian. Hey, listen, I'm going to say this as a fellow Canadian, but I don't watch hockey. (laughs) I just like, but have you seen that movie? I've I not, have I, not. I my reservation was always because it was about hockey. But if you're telling me, even if you don't like hockey, watch nah. the movie, then I'll. It, it, it's really good, even without the hockey parts, because the hockey focuses more on like 
so the main character, Sean William Scott, plays an enforcer in hockey. And for those who don't know, an enforcer is the guy who goes out there and fights, basically. So he has okay. one job, which is to go out there and beat the bloody crap out of anybody on the ice. Uh, but it's a really, really good story. I think he, uh, Sean William Scott's great. Allison Pills in it. She does a really great job. And Jay Baruchel's character is just zany and weird. And it's great. Uh, not very, like, it's very on Jay Baruchel-esque. But uh, like those other roles I mentioned in, in uh, She's Out of My League. And this is the end where he is that, like, awkward kind of lead that doesn't really fit with your traditional thought of what a lead should be in a movie like this. He very much fills that same role in this movie. Uh, he, is, he is not comfortable. And even yeah. by the end of this movie, like, yeah, I mean, we won't get to too many spoilers, but like, because we're still trying to be a spoiler free for a 12 year old movie. So if you're here listening to this, I apologize for whatever we do spoil before we say spoilers on. Um, by the end of this, he still feels like that weird, awkward guy, even though they're trying to make you think, oh, yeah, he, he he's done all the things he's supposed to do and he's won or whatever. But yeah, it's that, that awkward awkwardness to him is is what really makes this performance stand out amongst other films that are like this mm -hmm. so a quick note uh yeah. i just checked this is on my netflix i'm absolutely watching this tonight <laughs> you should it's really good now i what's funny to me about and i i mentioned the whole how to train your dragon thing with him and i think the reason that it stood out so much is it is so much the same character oh yeah it is yeah, yeah. the exact 100%. same character, like the nerd taking notes, figuring this out from like the science perspective. It's like you are you are hiccup. This character whose name I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting the actual character name, Dave. Dave. I think. Dave. Dave, yeah. Like you are just hiccup. <laughs> but that's a lot of like what that what that's a lot of what the character that Jay Burrishell personifies when he's on screen. It is something that he gravitates towards or people pull him into i guess in a sense you know that's the character that he's best known for yeah, he's um, almost yeah. gotten typecast in these roles which is kind of unfortunate because we've seen him do different things like being the weird like the off the wall kind of guy he plays in goon or some of the other roles that he's had but yeah he's kind of been typecast in this role which i'd like to see him do more stuff i think he's doing some hosting and stuff now too which is nice to see like he's kind of branching out into that world so yeah, mm -hmm. I I want to see more from him. I know he did the um, last one laughing. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm sure he's doing. I'm he's still getting work, so I'm sure. I mean, he also directed the sequel to Goon, so like he's doing work even behind the camera as well, which is nice to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've talked about Jay. I feel like we finally have to talk about it. This movie does oh. have one one ba ma very massive star. Nicholas Cage, Cage being Nicholas Cage. Before before we go into like, I, I don't know how far we're gonna go into the character of um, Balthazar, but I do have to say, Balthazar as Blake, yeah, as as weird as the character can be, I thought it was played beautifully. I will say that Nick it is literally 100%. one of my notes. It is played well, apart from one scene. Which I really did not like, and I think Griffin can agree, or Griffin knows what I'm talking about. I think I do, but I'm going. I don't to know if we want to get into it now or then. But... I feel like to talk about Nick Cage in this movie, we have to fully blow the spoilers. Okay, we fully we're have to go in the spoilers spoiler at this point. So we're going to go full spoilers yeah. from this point on in the podcast, folks. If you don't want spoilers for a movie that came out in 2010, go watch the movie. Come on back. Enjoy this wonderful conversation we're about to have about Nicholas Cage. 
that scene where they're impersonating cops is uh, oh, not great. Yeah, that too is not good. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah. think outside of that, I think yeah. uh, him playing this guy at a time, you know, because he's like a thousand years old or whatever it is at this point. It's it's fun and it's a weird thing for him to want to play so much so that like this whole thing was his idea. So, you know, he was very involved right from the beginning and it definitely shows it's got that weirdness to it. Uh, but I I like the thing with this movie, it's not a good movie, but it's a fun movie to watch, if that makes sense. The like acting is great. It's just there's it's a lot sometimes. It's yeah. 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 Like some and of the plot is are, like just weird. There are, there are things that are pulled that are like, oh, so now you can magically just do this because of magic or like, you know, like they try to bring it into the, the, the physical world and physics and like the idea of like it, it kind of like understandable when he's explaining it to. So when um, Balthazar explains, you know, the basics of magic, like the, the, the basics one one in the car where they're trying to do the 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 the. the fire explosion or combustion yeah and he's like you know uh molecules make them uh make them vibrate will them to vibrate and then it works and you're like okay so like basic magic stuff and then there are things like slowing down or like water slow down things or like separating uh, souls from the body and like yeah like the whole mirror dimension (laughs) yeah this this movie did the mirror dimension before the mirror dimension was cool that's that in my in my in my head and if you guys can like explain that part to me there are two mirror dimension parts in this movie and they both counter contradict one another they they don't i was actually thinking about this when i watched they they don't because when he's trapped in the mirror in the bathroom there's Mm -hmm. no other mirror in the bathroom for him to see his reflection so he could have gone in that world and found another mirror or like to reflect another reflective surface and walked through it but I guess he couldn't go through the surface that he went through originally. I don't know. They set up rules for their magic and then immediately break them. Like that's, I think yeah. that's the issue that I have with like more often than not when people don't do magic great is you set up your, and this is also goes for fantasy, sci-fi, pretty much any movie really. You set yeah. up the rules for your universe and you stick to them. Cause like that's, that's what gives you conflict. That's what gives you limitations and your hero's chance to rise above said limitations in this, it was like, oh yeah, here's these very specific like rules that we're gonna follow. Throw them out the window. Who cares? Yeah, but uh, all in all, on honestly, uh, still a really good movie. Like very entertaining and fun. I really just enjoy this movie. So for me, uh, I yeah. can't I can't put too much negativity on it. I I can I can see the um, like even the scene that you that you mentioned, Mitch. I can understand where that like scene came from because it is a very typical like overgeneralization uh, or yeah. like you know it's, it's stereotyping. It's a, it's, yeah, exactly. No. Um, and and the, the characters are really good in this. There's well, yeah, all but one. I vehemently hate the like magician uh, Drake, like the Drake Stone. I hate yeah, him. Yeah. He does no the Chris Angel wannabe tra- played by Toby Kebbell, who I did not expect to see in this and totally forgot he was in this movie until he popped up. There are only two characters uh, that do absolutely nothing in this movie. It's him and the roommate. And even the roommate I mean, helps at the The roommate has end. fun comedic relief moments. Yeah. yeah. I will say the roommate, it, 
it's not that bad. Like the uh, I, I will say another thing is the um the relationship between the individual characters are really good. The they're they're like they're they're I really appreciated the interactions between um Balthazar and Dave, you know, it yeah. really made me feel like it was two people talking and not just two characters reciting lines. Um and and I had that kind of an interactive feel probably throughout. Um, after having seen this movie like five times, you start to see nuances and like, um, the way, like even for what's his name, Drake, um, like the Drake. Um, so you start to see like little nuances in like his expressions. And even though the character is really annoying, I think it's supposed to be really annoying, but the, like the, the, the facial expressions, the emotional, like, like, oh, I'm about to get like you know so popular or oh you're gonna teach me so much and then i'm not gonna get into the end of this because i guess we're not at that part of the discussion yet but like everything you can kind of see he has very good like like emotional connectivity to the to, to the character and i actually appreciated it mm-hmm. I, we haven't we've talked all this time we haven't even mentioned that alfred melita is like the main villain of this movie yeah like Mor- morgana exists and like is like the big bad we're stopping her but like she's she's the big bad but she's not the villain of this of this it's the final boss the villain is alfred molita it's alfred molita who does such a good job in this role he's just great like shout out to alfred molita i know we talked about a bit when we talked about spider-man um he he, he's phenomenal and i want to go and see if he's in more films on disney plus so we can talk about him more (laughs) i I love what i love about alfred molita is like you can tell when he's having fun with the role like yeah. you could tell that he loved doing this movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I think all the characters had fun with this movie. I don't think that there's one character that that played a role here that would have and if they did, then they're really good actors because it is overall a really good um like you don't you don't get the feeling that anybody's like just reciting the rules uh reciting the lines just to, for the pay also uh for people who can't see we're seeing mitch have an existential crisis mitch just found something uh, out about alfred molina and i'm curious what it is and molina played the dad in frozen yeah i did not know that we should do a Frozen for the three up. lines uh he had more lines in the second one but yeah we oh, should okay. definitely do an episode on frozen 2 because frozen 2 i don't care what people say Better than the first one. Yeah, it is. It's five by far superior. I love that movie, but we're not here to talk about that. I will, we'll get to that. I will That'll get be on the a next rant. running gag on the podcast for the next six months as we're going to talk about Frozen 2 at some point. I will get on a rant if we legitimately start talking about that, so let's not. Um, yeah, there's a couple other things. Like, first off, I, just, I love the relationship between Becky and Dave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the history too, like seeing a young Becky played by Peyton List one that that broke my brain. Right, seeing her so young. Yeah, seeing her. I mean, yeah, twelve years ago. Uh, but then also, yeah, the 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 um, like we see like the note passes. Like, okay, yeah, that makes me feel like I'm back in school again. And then that kind of is a thread throughout the their entire relationship in the film, which I thought was fun and playful. And I think her. Oh, like her widening Dave's perspective on physics is what leads him to open up to magic as a possibility as well. So I don't think Dave becomes who he is at the end of the movie without Becky, which I think mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah, I like this character because we we get a lot of the, you know, the typical tropes that we got in 2010 of 
this character mostly just exists to be the relationship character to at some point be the damsel in distress but she does have her own like reasons for doing things she does have her own life outside of dave i do like that we got to see at least a little bit of that i also just selfishly love that she was a college dj it's like it's not that interesting it's college radio (laughs) yeah but i mean like what else did we do in college, right? Like there were like the the the, 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 the it's pretty centered towards university, and I think as a student, it kind of makes sense that you know in that setting, it it is what she does, and she loves music, and that's the way for her to get close to it. So as I mean, hey, as lackluster as it can be, it's also a a way to get into the profession. So I kind of oh yeah, I mean college works. DJ. I loved. I was also going to say, like, thinking about Jay Baruchel as a college-aged person when he is ten years older than me makes me feel sad, <laughs> like super sad, because I haven't been in college university in eight years. No, eight. Yeah, eight years at this point. So, uh, yeah, You're yeah, you, you good? No, but we can. Let's move not on. forget. Let's not forget that this movie was 12 years ago, right? Like, so, like, we're looking at it today in the perspective of, like, 2022, but it is supposed to be a 2010 movie. It's, yeah. I love seeing this movie, though. Like, it's so perfectly 2010. And I think the, the humor, despite the one scene, surprisingly holds up. Like we talked yeah, about like, the roommate being hilarious. The roommate is wonderful. Like his moment of, I don't know what's happening, but you are participating. <laughs> it's one of the best lines. <laughs> every movie. scene that he's in. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, um, what was he in? He was in, um, he was great in ballers. Um, for those who, yeah. Omar Benson Miller was in ballers. He was really good there, but I'm trying to think back. There was something he was in. Uh, was it, I think it was the first transformers movie. Yes. So he's in the first Transformers movie and he plays the cousin of, um, oh, what's his face? His character. Whatever. He's the dude when they, when they show up at the house, he's playing, uh, DDR or whatever. And then the cops all come in and they're like, yeah. arrest them, tell him not to walk on the rug and all this stuff. Oh my, or he jumps in the pool. He jumps say in the pool. He's one of the best voices of Raphael that Raphael yeah. has had. That's true too. Um, uh, but no, you could tell Anthony Anderson was the name I was thinking of. That's that's whose cousin he plays. This is another movie. character. You could tell that he's like, oh yeah, I've only got like two days on set. I'm just gonna kill it. <laughs> like I'm just gonna yeah. nail this and move on. Yeah. Uh, we should and probably. Should... Should... Sorry, go ahead, please. I was gonna say we probably should jump into the plot at some point. But do you guys have any other things you want to shout out? Let's plot it on? up. Uh, All right, let's. I start think with the... I, yeah, I think I think I, I'm good as well. All right, so this movie starts in 740 AD. Uh, we learn about Merlin and his three apprentices, Balthazar Blake, Veronica Gorlorsen, and Maxim Horvath. Those are some names. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell that they really were like, okay, fantasy name generator, let's go. <laughs> you can't say, like, we've all done that for our D&D characters. Right? Every D&D Not character I've ever made. <laughs> okay. Unless I'm making, like, a joke character. <laughs> which I've definitely named my clerics after insurance companies before. Um, we learn about what happened to Merlin. Uh, they were fighting an evil sorceress, Morgana Le Fay. Uh, as they were defeating her, uh, Mer- Merlin was betrayed by Horvath. 
where uh, then Morgana kills Merlin uh, as she's about steals some evil spell to raise a bunch of dead sorcerers. As she's going to do that, she gets absorbed by Veronica, like absorbs her soul into her body. This immediately goes off the rails, by the way. Um, to keep Morgana from killing Veronica, Balthazar imprisons her in this nesting doll called the Grimhold. This gets really weird. It's magic. I'm sorry. It's super magic-y. Um, before dying, Merlin then gives Balthazar a ring uh, of a dragon, telling him to find the prime Merlinian. And I'm going to be honest, until rewatching this, I always thought they were saying the prime Meridian, and I was really, really confused. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. It's like, yeah, why do they need to find the equator? Like, like, you know where that is. You don't have to find that. I mean, in in early 700s, whatever it was, uh, they probably wouldn't have. Most people probably still thought the Earth was flat. So and By 2010, there's a map. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, find the Primer Lydian. Veronica's in the Grimhole. Over time, um, a bunch of people, the Morganians, try to fight Balthazar to free Morgana. Uh, he traps all of them in the Grimhold as well. Uh, eventually, also captures Horvath in there. And I think that's about all the backstory we need. So let's cut ahead from 740 AD to 2000. Before we jump ahead to uh, 2000, uh, there was a uh, one more thing that they introduced at the beginning of the movie, which was the idea of the Rising. I don't. I didn't hear you say that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the rising is basically yeah. the, the 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 entire reason for this movie is Morgana is trying to bring back all of the um, past sorcerers and evil doers of um, as an undead army and yeah, more a Morganian undead army of skeleton wizards and stuff. Yeah, yeah. which we, we will see for about two seconds yeah. um, later, which was really poorly seen. Like that was that was not great CG, but. Other than that, CG movie, top notch. So yeah, we move ahead to uh, 2000. You know it's 2000 because Jimmy Eat World is playing, and that's all. It you just really takes some time. Um, fact, no and I don't know if there was a single that was released beforehand, but that um, that is a little bit of a a, a problem because I know the Jimmy Eat World's The Middle came out in 2001. So, <laughs> uh, just yeah, at least the the album. You had to do it. Sure eh? You I will, I will say that. You had to break the illusion. I can't. I can't work in these conditions anymore. I'm out. Mitch is out. We've lost Mitch for the rest of the episode. Now, immediately, <laughs> I started singing along. I love this song so 100%. much. Yep. Um, I agree. No, yeah, it's 2000, uh, and we see a bunch of kids on a school bus. Uh, one kid in particular who is drawing King Kong on the window, uh, excited for as they're driving over the bridge for it to line up perfectly with the Empire State Building. This is actually really hard to do. I'm really impressed by this. That scene was so cool. I just wanted to say that. Like, literally, my note here is that scene is just so cool. <laughs> I just really like it. Mm -hmm. It's this is it's perfect, corny middle schooler. Like, perfect. Yeah. Uh, they're going on a field trip. This girl uh, in the back, played by Peyton List, young version of Becky, we find out, uh, tells him it's cool. And he is smitten. Um, I think also we get one kid who's like telling him not to do that. And I'm like, to hell with you, kid. Quit being a buzzkill. Um, 
we get off the bus and Dave tries to pass Becky a note asking if she wants to be his friend or, more importantly, his girlfriend. Uh, she writes the note and places it, just puts it back on the ground as everyone's walking off for him to get. Where then the wind grabs it, then another person grabs it, then another person grabs it. This is the most... Just give up on this note, kid. Just go talk to her. But... So, so one thing about this, and I know that this is a plot advancement thing where he has to go into where he, like, the final destination in that scene. However, one of the people he saw actually reading the note. And my thought was, why didn't he just ask the person what it said? Right. Like, the, 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 so, so, the, um, I think it was, uh, a dog, a wheel, like, on a, on a bike, and then the, the, the woman that grabbed the note and actually read it laughed or, like, chuckled and then tossed it. But he runs in right after seeing the person reading it. Why didn't he just stop at that point? And just like, what did the note say? Yeah, he could have stopped. Or instead, though, he runs into like a very creepy looking back alley. <laughs> um, you guys still doing here? Did I not close out of this? God damn it. Uh, Mitch is back. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, he, this, the note eventually ends up in this antique store. Or what looks like an antique store. Uh, what we learn is it is run by one only Balthazar Blake. Uh, he kind of starts talking to this kid. Uh, is really just messing with him to start off with. Like Balthazar's like just you dumb kid. Um, he's a dumb kid. He's a dumb kid throughout this entire movie. Right. Eventually, he gives Dave the uh, the dragon figurine, which comes to life and wraps around his finger like a ring. Because spoiler alert, it's a ring. Um. We forgot to mention he didn't, there was a whole montage of him traveling through the centuries trying to find someone who this ring would attach to for oh, some yeah, reason. Kind of also, how can we just skip over one of the greatest names for a place in all of cinema history that Arcane. the store is called the Arcana Cabana? Yeah, it is pretty great. I think it's a, yeah, it's a good it's a good name for it. Uh, he gives the ring uh, and the boys. It, he comes to life wrapped around him. Um, he's like, stay here. I'm going to go get book for you it's i forget what the actual name of these books were but it was the book of all, all magic things this is good. we're going to use this to teach you magic um they essentially gave us that giant book from the actual sorcerer's apprentice cartoon yeah it was i got i had the name of it here somewhere let me just scroll through my notes um i'll keep going while you find it yeah you go <laughs> um the encantus well, the encantus oh that is a great name um, they had some great names for weird stuff in this movie, that's for sure. As Dave is just kind of screwing around waiting for Balthazar to come back, he knocks over some stuff and accidentally knocks over the grib hold, opening it and releasing Horvath. Oops. Yeah. Anybody who doesn't like bugs, just skip the first oh, like yeah, 30 seconds of his appearance. Yeah. Every time someone comes out of the grim hold, it is horrifying. Yeah, I'm glad we really only see. We only really see two of them, right? Yeah. Because the other two are kind of done see... off screen, right? Yeah. yeah. We don't see Sunlock and we don't see Abigail the... Williams. Yeah, Abigail Williams, I think. The girl from Salem. Yeah. I think girl we see like Salem on the map. out of it, but I think that's it. Yeah. Well, we see it start to like disintegrate a little bit. But yeah, we really only see Morgana and spoilers. And 
um, Horvath come out of the Grimmauld. Morgana's horrible, but we'll get there. Y'all, we'll um, get there. Anyways, yeah, they fight. This fight's dope. Um, Balthazar tells Dave to uh, run because, you know, evil, evil sorcerer here that will very much kill you. Um, yeah, they fight over and over. Oh, yeah, they also showed off an urn. Uh, we'll get to that urn in a second. They're fighting. Uh, Balthazar and Horvath eventually knock over the urn and get trapped inside of it. Um, this urn, it's an ancient Chinese urn with a 10-year locking curse. So they will be stuck in that urn for 10 years, hence the jump to 2010. Um, coming out, Dave is freaked out. And apparently, the entire class just happens to now be outside of the store. I don't think that that's how field trips work. Where you just take the entire class to find this kid. But we're just... I mean, I know. That just goes to, I don't know, the, the under-budgeting of the public school system in New York State, I guess. Of they, didn't, they couldn't afford additional chaperones or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's plot foo, and it's fine because he also spilled some water on his pants. It looks like it pissed himself. So he has to transfer schools because he's had a mental breakdown in front of his entire class. Yeah. I do, I do want to say one note over here, something that having seen the movie a few times, I, I did notice. Um, okay, so you mentioned at the beginning when there was the King Kong scene, the other kid that said, hey, this isn't cool, you shouldn't do this. And then, um, so that same person was one of his friends. Uh, and I know that that's weird because it's seen for like two seconds total of the movie. But the, f- the first thing that I want to mention is after Becky said that, the, hey, that's cool, um, he gave him a thumbs up, but when every other kid was laughing at him because he had spilled some water on his pants, he peed himself. Um, sure, we saw there are ten year old kids. He peed himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> only two kids were not laughing: his friend and Becky. So if you go back and you watch that scene, only those two were not laughing. Everyone Did you else take was like three and a half hours and just watch this thing like freeze frame, shot by shot, or something? Like- no. No, but it's something I noticed. It is no, something no, I, I noticed, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, probably important to mention is um, Dave takes the Grimhold, just hucks it into the street. <laughs> just throws mm-hmm. this very dangerous magic item into the street where many cars could ran, run over it and open it up. <laughs> We're very lucky that they made it to 2010. Um, 20 years later now, we are at NYU. Uh, Dave is a student in physics setting up for a lecture. Uh, he's The door opens, his papers fly everywhere, up right to this girl who also just happens to be Becky. <laughs> Ten years later. Oh, what do you look at that perfection. Um, they talk a little bit. We learned that um, it was he was misdiagnosed with hallucination. Um, which, you know, right, fair. You know, no one's there anymore. Um, glucose imbalances yeah he jokingly calls it because of a glucose imbalance but it's Um, also one of the most awkward like reconnection becky dave like like right after that was like like he is eye level with her skirt to start with this conversation which was yeah yeah, that uh yeah there's one of the other things one of the many things of the movie that did not age yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah they kind of reconnect apparently he's there teaching a class uh also earlier we got the whole feel of oh he's a he's a loner 
I'm assuming he was like a, a TA or something in the class. And like, that's how he was affording to go to school or oh, yeah. how he made the arrangement with his prof to get that unlicensed, but not quite un- unheard of uh, study space or whatever the, the lab. Yeah, I assumed that was he, like, he got the lab in, in doing so it was like, Oh yeah, well you might have to help teach my classes once in a while. But yeah, he's setting up. Granted, the, um, he was very smart. Though. Oh yeah. And I love that like this is the first time we see the Tesla coil, and the Tesla coil keeps coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that's kind of his main point of study. Um, anyways, yeah, he's talking with her, uh, and he chases after her after class to just kind of keep talking, keep trying to catch up. This whole scene feels really, really awkward. Um, eventually, though, they get in front of the radio station. She's like, "Yeah, I work here." At which point the antenna is struck by lightning. Um, we'll see. Like one of those, like you mentioned, like all these awesome little details. I love the way he's holding the umbrella. Like it's like just barely over her, and he's like trying to give her as much distance as possible. He's absolutely soaking wet, which you know is a feeling. Anyone who had a crush, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave ends up quite easily fixing the. Uh, Fixing the antenna. I'm not actually entirely sure what he fixes there, but he does fix it. So good on him. Uh, and she is able to do her show. And this is when you kind of start to see the connection forming between these two. Uh, while all this is happening, Horvath and Balthazar are finally released from their urn uh, in some old couple's fancy schmancy apartment. Um... We immediately get the fight. Immediately the fight continues. Horvath came out first, proceeds to throw the urn out the window. <laughs> it was a really good scene. I, I'll say, at laughing, I, I'll agree it's a funny scene, but it's a good scene. I, I appreciated There's that one. There's something hilarious about seeing half a knit cage outside of an urn that's plummeting to the street. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Nick Cage does get out of it just barely in time. Uh, and is Balthazar just like, okay, now I gotta track down Horvath and this kid, and he's just realizing he has to do a lot of shit. Um, Dave, meanwhile, gets back to his apartment where where uh, Horvath is waiting for him. Uh, it's kind of creepy. There's these a bunch of wolves. Yeah, Horvath sees like the the wolf. I think it was a calendar. It was a calendar oh, that was yeah. pulled out from the 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 um, roommates talking about the wolf being a pack animal and having to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think before this was when he was listening to the radio show. At some point, he listens to the radio show. We'll get we'll get to that later, though. Um, I think what's really fun here with the wolves is they look so fake, like really, really fake. But they actually used live wolves on set. Mm-hmm. But the problem was the wolves looked too friendly. So they had to CG wolf faces to make them look menacing. That's funny. I Which never is even so noticed that. 2010s. So it's real wolf bodies, but fake wolf faces. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Um, yeah, they shows off of him. Dave takes off eventually running to um, the uh, subway. Or just a train. Um He's like, yeah, I know where the best place for me to hide is. I'm going to go down onto the track. <laughs> Which immediately, I'm like, why? Um, 
but the wolves and Horvath follow him there. The Just as he is about to get eaten, uh, he gets saved by a giant steel eagle from the Chrysler building being written by Nick. Because why not? This eagle is fantastic. It's I throughout the movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, though another funny part or another funny scene that comes in from this one is him trying to get into the train station where he's actually like at the turnstile with his card. He's like, come on, go. And then it finally goes through and he's like, thank you. And then he runs through. And I just that was like, just his Canadian coming out. <laughs> I do that all the time. I love this though. Cause it's so great. Cause he does this. And then Horvath and the wolves just walk around and use another door. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he takes him off, uh, takes him back to the top of the Chrysler building to, uh, you know, put the eagle back. <laughs> um, where Balthazar then kind of explains what's going on, but Dave is not having it. He's like, you know what? I had to go and undergo psychiatric care after you talked, after the last time I talked to you. I wanted to leave all the Arcana Cabana stuff behind. Goodbye. Sayonara. Uh, Balthazar then is like, okay, hear me out. You have the ring. Help me find the Grimhold. Then I'll let you go. Uh, he agrees to this, and they track the Grimhold using barometric pressure. One of those wonderful sciencey moments in the in this movie. Uh, they track it to Chinatown. Um, Horvath though can also track it. You know, if they can track it, so can he. Um, I do think it was before. Yeah, I do think it was before they got attacked that he was listening to the radio station. But the only yes. really important thing about him listening to the radio was the fact that she's talking about how great music is and how much she loves music. And then she plays Secrets. Which I will be listening to nonstop later. Um, You're welcome. I love this song. What can I say? Um... Anyways, they go to Chinatown. Uh, they don't take the eagle, though. They need to be a little bit more conspicuous. So they take only the oldest car in all of New York City. It's also, um, I think, like the, the, the actual car. It's the original and the one-of-its-kind car um, in the world. I think that, I read that somewhere yep. at one point. And you know who the owner of that car is? Boom. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> he lent his own car to the production because they needed something that looked very mystical and out of place. Sounds it's about so right. Perfect. That it's, sounds it's so about right. Like, I think the thing that people forget forget is how much of a nerd Nicholas Cage is. He had, a, he had like a, a $25,000 comic book collection stolen from his home or something. Cause you gotta think like wow. this dude has starred in multiple superhero, like comic book franchises from, Ghost Rider to Kick-Ass to Spider-Man. He was in Into the Spider-Verse. So, like, this dude is invested. And if we don't see Johnny Blaze, played by Nicolas Cage, in Multiverse of Madness, even if it's just a single frame and it's pulled from the movie, it doesn't even have to be new footage, I will die a happy man if we like, see that. Here's the thing you need to know about Nick Cage. He named one of his kids Cavell. He really wanted to play Superman. Mm-hmm. And like wow. he got his like Nicolas Cage is a stage name. He got his stage name from Luke Cage. Like this guy, huh. this man is a nerd. Dude's invested. He's one of us. 
as can be seen in this movie, like we are all having fun with this because this is a nerdy, weird time. And the rest of the world's like, what did we just watch? I think Roger Ebert's review of this movie said this film is better than the last Airbender live action film. And that's not saying much. Yeah, but everything's better than that movie. Which uh, Dragon Ball Evolution would like a conversation with you, I which like is movie. on Disney Plus Star. So I tell you, that movie is better better than Avatar: The Last Airbender. The movie. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I have I have problems with Avatar: The Last Airbender. One word, Mitch. Ung. Shyamalan. Ung. Ung. That's it. Ung. <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, they're in Chinatown. Um, he has. Uh, Nick Cage has Dave wait in the car, or will wait on the street while he goes up to talk to whoever the person is that runs this establishment that has happens to have the uh, Grimhold. He goes and starts talking to this person, um, and quickly realizes that it's not the person; it's in fact Horvath, who has already released the first person, Sun Lock, who proceeds to take a bunch of acupuncture needles and throw them at Nick Cage, who just use blocks all of them with his jacket. Oh, also, back to Nicolas Cage. Do you know why he has a stage name? Actually, I don't. Because he didn't want to draw comparisons to his uncle, Francis Ford Coppola. Legendary film director Francis Ford Coppola is Nicolas Cage's uncle. Interesting. What the hell? Nicholas Cage is a cool... So I, I only know this because um, as of recording, the film The Immeasurable Weight of Massive Talent starring Nicholas Cage will be coming out momentarily. If you have not seen the trailers for this, please do because it looks incredible. Go see this movie. Can't wait. Nicholas Cage plays himself, but he is credited in the film as Nicholas Kim Coppola, which is his birth name. That's actually really cool. Yeah. Okay. He's a weird guy, and I'm for it. I'm so ready for this movie. Mm. Anyways, um, where was I? Oh yeah, they fight. Um, some luck is freaking cool. This man turns a uh, paper dragon into a real dragon. That shot of the old Asian man inside the dragon being like, something feels weird as he gets absorbed into this dragon is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I found I found the dragon was one of those weak points of uh, CGI, but as a whole, I actually thought it was pretty good for the time. The dragon, I didn't like the the look of the dragon, but I love the look of Sunlock like controlling it on like his belt thing. Like that looked cool. Well, belt and body. Yeah, you know, I don't want to think about too much about the body part of that because that's very gross to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, they fight uh, eventually. Dave uh, actually beats Sunlock with some magic, some basics of the Balthazar. I kind of explained to him in the car. Um, and Balthazar gets the Grimhold back. Uh, as they're walking away, uh, a bunch of cops are pulling up, and that's when we get that scene. Still not great, but easy to move past from. Um, Balthazar gives him the opportunity, like, just give me the ring. You can go back to your life. Um, but he decides that he actually wants to stick around and Balthazar properly makes him his apprentice. Um, he needs a place to train him. And that's when Dave takes him back to the lab 
Um, we actually finally get a little bit of backstory to the lab of it's this decommissioned subway. Um, he was put down here because his experiments tend to get dangerous. <laughs> Uh, which typically happens when, you know, you have a crap ton of giant Tesla coils shooting electricity all around the place. A uh, crap ton of really cool Tesla coils yes, shooting man. electricity. Yeah. Um, this gave me the same vibes as uh, Spider-Man 2 Secret Lab, but in a good way. Which apparently was a thing that I didn't know that could be done. Hmm. Um, anyways, yeah, they're down there. Uh, we do a little bit of training here. Um, meanwhile, Dave and Becky are starting to date. He invites her down to the lab. We get a really awkward scene that frankly isn't all that great. Uh, of, of Nick Cage saying that he is, uh, Dave's uncle. You really should have come up with a fake name because be like, yeah, it's uncle Balthazar. That should have raised some eyebrows almost immediately. I firmly believe like Becky just saw through with a lie. It was like, I think it's best not to question this. Mm -hmm. Considering that this guy, I'm already going to this guy's secret underground laboratory. Yeah. If she's, if she's already coming to your weird underground lab, she's assuming one of two things. You are this weird nerdy kid and it's just a thing, or she's probably going to get murdered down here. And she's willing to take the risk. Yeah, yeah, that is love right there. <laughs> um, they start talking, and it's very cute. It's very adorable. Um, they're talking, getting to know each other. Um, he he mentions that he was listening to her show. He's like, "I got something really cool to show you. Please step into my cage." Again, you're really this can trusting go one of guy. two ways. <laughs> Uh, it went the right way fair enough like it, it, it didn't cross the boundary it was a little weird like the way that it was put but it, it, it went well he does make a joke out of it he does make a really good yes. joke about it like I bet you've never heard that on a date before in, in her defense she might not have known he was Canadian right so easy his character is not Canadian his character is a New Yorker his family, he said sorry to a turnstile if you grow up in New York you are not saying sorry to the New York subway system you are cursing its name you raise a fair point but his character is not Canadian he acts like it I gave you the Canada episode we did turning red that is very fair and I'm totally joking here. I can totally see this character being Canadian. Um, but no, he plays uh, He plays a little bit of superstition just to get things up and running. And then starts to use the, um, the Tesla coils to play Secrets by One Republic. Um, he starts talking to her about it, basically being like, uh, she has a realization of, oh my god, you actually did listen to my show. Which is always wonderful when you realize that people actually listen to what you make. Thank you very, very much for listening. Speaking of which, if you're listening to this right now and you could share it with two people, that would be three people listening to this for that one listen, and we would very much appreciate it. I just had my mom subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, so that was a, a thing I did tonight. She also followed us on Twitter, which you can also do at D plus us. God, the pressure's on now. The pressure's on on, on Twitter now. You're assuming she'll read or listen to anything we say. You assume that all I do more than shitpost on her Twitter. You don't, though. Yeah, fair. Um, anyways, yeah, he, we kind of get this conversation of he's like, 
talking to you made me realize that like there's so much more to these Tesla coils than I realized. That, like this is my life's work. And I'm just now realizing that there's sound involved in this so that this these can make music. This is a I, I love this scene. It's just it's so cute. It, the graphics are so well done with the electricity. It's just great. Yeah. No, agree. A hundred percent agreed. I wonder if at any point in the movie they actually used real like Tesla coils and the electricity that would get formed from that. Because that'd be kind of cool. I feel like this is an actual thing that does happen. I remember in one of my original like viewings, um, like maybe one or two, like the first or second time, uh, I did look into, I just don't remember what it said, if um, if they did actually use real Tesla coils. Because that'd be kind of cool. And it is something that you can do where you can program the electric current to play music that I know for a fact that it is. Like there, what he says is is real. Yeah, I, I think I remember seeing it was probably America's Got Talent. Yeah, it was where they had an act that did music via Tesla coil, which was really cool. Um, but I'm yeah, also they, trying to find a result for. They've done it so, a couple places. Even a what's weird one, just a really weird one where this happened. SeaWorld San Diego used to have a, I guess, attraction that was genuinely like this kind of thing, like a Tesla coil playing music. See, the closest I ever got to a Tesla coil is, uh, for those who are local to Toronto, you will be aware of the Ontario Science Center. And they have a Tesla coil that they use to make student, like kids' hair stand up like a static thing. And it's real dumb, but all the kids do it, and they have fun with it. And it, I can, I, I guess my hair is too greasy because I can never get it to work with my hair, even though when I was, oh, man, if I haven't shown you pictures of when I was younger, this mop ahead that I hair that I have now, this, this hair was like, poof more like much more okay so. i'm curious did you guys ever have the thing is when you were kids of like you had like a tesla coil or something that did like that in like a science class or a, a, a museum or something and you just yeah. made the chain to shock a kid no yeah. oh yes we-, we did it in we did it in class this was something that we did in school in grade 11 or 12 chemistry where where we did do it, it wasn't like a huge shock or anything, and it was lo- low voltage, but it was really funny because we did feel the chain go through, and yeah, we would we would pump the voltage, but we would like <laughs> we would make sure that it hurt. I don't know oh, we why we never play that show. weird shock game that you can get uh, with with either of you because that's just mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we did it, but that was a thing of like you knew that physics class was going to be fun. You brought, when they brought out the Tesla coil. Yeah. Um, yeah, we never did that in class, I guess, because the Science Center was so accessible to our schools that they would just send people on field trips. But it looks like from the light Google foo that I've done, an interview with one of the VX, VFX supervisors on the film described how they put the magic together and included the Tesla coils. So I'm assuming that they were visual effects, but they did a very good job of depicting what was, this would actually look like if it were real. I think thinking to another movie that does something similar to this, The Prestige, starring uh, Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale, the um, directed by Christopher Nolan, if you can believe it. Uh, great movie. Go give it a watch. But I think that does real with Tesla coils because Christopher Nolan doesn't like CG. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, that was a re- like, it, it's cool seeing some of the sciencey stuff in film. Yeah, it, I would probably bet you that they had video of a Tesla coil and built their graphics off of that. Um, 
Because you know you don't you don't build any sort of graphics without source material. So, anyways, uh, this now is super looking up cute. if the prestige used practical effects or not. Sorry, continue. So, while these two kids are having this wonderful, lovely moment with One Republic Secrets playing, um, Orbath goes to get dinner. I'm just kidding. He goes to a fast food restaurant where the fry cook happens to be a recruit or something. I really don't understand this plot point. But he's like, I got a kid for you. He's not old school. Those are his words. Yeah. He's not I, I, old I think school. He, he must have had some way of tracking down other Morganians. Yeah, I think it was some sort of like he trained other people. And maybe he, yeah. just, he was oh, he's old enough where he's out of the game or something. Um, they do a lot in this movie where they could set up like a bunch of sequels, but it just never happened. Well, they did because there is a, did you watch the mid credit scene in this movie? There is a mid credit scene to this movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they definitely wanted this to be a thing, but Disney also wanted John Carter to be a thing and the Lone Ranger to be a thing. Uh, they have had a bad time trying to create film. Oh, Prince of Persia was a Disney movie. Like, and that is a great movie. I don't care what people say. You're that wrong. movie, I mean, other than the whitewashing part of it, I thought that film was fun. I thought it was interesting. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was great. Uh, but yeah. I thought John Carter was more fun than... I don't have a, See, I, I like Lone so, Ranger more than both of those. So. I don't think I've ever seen Lone Ranger or John Carter through to the end because they are too long. I would agree with. I think all of those movies are too long, but we'll get there. We will have like a month where we're like, here's these horrible Disney movies. Ready for movies. us to watch terrible <laughs> Disney movies? Yes. Um. Anyways, when are we getting the good dinosaur in there? Because I have still not seen. That's the only Pixar movie I have not seen. I refuse to watch that movie again. Anyways, <laughs> I know what I'm making Griffin do is pay back for that terrible musical he made me watch. Which one? I've made you do it twice now. <laughs> First one, Into uh, the Woods. Into the Woods. Not. Uh, West Side Story was whatever. West Side Story was dated. Into the Woods was bad. Into the Woods was, was, is great. Um, it's anyway, it's really not. He meets Drake Stone, and Drake Stone's a douche. I'm just calling it. Foreshadowing him playing a terrible version of Victor Von Doom in Fantastic Four. That's another movie, which is also on Disney Plus in Canada and in the U.S. Oh no! I shouldn't have said Griffin, that. Griffin, you should not have, have said that. that. You should not have said that. Um, you guys are planning horrible content. I love it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Here's the thing. The movie might be bad, but the episodes will be great. Yeah. And if you want to come on to an episode to talk to us all about terrible Disney movies, please do reach out to us on Twitter at D plus us or Griffin at Griffy D-Pad. That's G-R-I-F-F-I-D-P-A-D or myself at Mr. Mitch George. Yeah, for some reason you want to submit yourself to the horribleness that is any of the Fantastic Four movies. Um, or that other one that I said that was bad. Or the other ones. Anyways, let me talk plot. <laughs> <laughs> That's worth me yelling at my brain than anything else. Fair enough. We beat Dar Drake. He's a jackass. I hate this character. Um, but he is now teaming up with Horvath. He's like ready to serve, ready to learn. Uh, we learned that he kind of just rolls off of instinct. He never got really any training or whatnot. So he kind of just exists. Well, it, it's kind of he has a pretty sad backstory in that he had training, but his master abandoned him. So he went into stage magic mm -hmm. It made a lot of money. I mean, like this dude has a magic card. This dude is Chris Angel incarnate. I just want to yeah. point that out that they got magic in this game. The, the card game magic. 
yeah to have that, a yeah. poster board with him on it in this movie it's great um this comes from my coworkers who will not shut up about magic i've never i think we all have coworkers like that um anyways they are now going to go kill dave that's their plan um to hell with balzar we're just going to kill dave because he's really the only person that can stop them yeah, they now know he's the prime Merlinian, which still feels weird to say, so they're going to have to go knock him off. They also determine the area that they're going to set every, this rising off, um, because there are a bunch of satellite dishes in this one spot that just happen to perfectly make a pentagram. Um, there's also a bowl, which he slaps an NYU magnet on. So I, I like to think that the... Um... The pentagram being so perfect is less just, you know, oh, what a coincidence and more so of like, oh, yeah, there were like you think back to like national treasure of talking about like the Freemasons and stuff like that. Like maybe there was a group of rebel Morganians that were involved in city planning or some BS. The Morganians did city planning. I want that movie. No, I mean, you don't know. Um. Meanwhile, Dave is, you know, still hanging out with Becky, uh, takes her, walks her to her class, which is a yoga class where she is not dressed for it. She is fully dressed in normal person clothes going to this yoga class. I mean, you uh, guys haven't gone to yoga wearing normal clothes and suffered the consequences like I have. I just don't go to yoga. I've never I, gone just, to a yoga class. I am just lacy and don't go work out anymore. Um, that's not actually not true. Um, anyways, yeah, he goes to the bathroom, at which point Drake shows up, attacks him, uh, Horvath comes in, they threaten him, uh, Dave is about to die, at which point Balthazar saves him. Weird aside, I keep saying the name Horvath, and it keeps making me think of Horvath from the She-Ra series. Just a weird aside, I don't know why my brain is the way it is. Brains are weird. Go watch that show, though, because that show is fantastic. Is it? Like, if, as someone who didn't watch any Thundercats growing up, is it still worth watching? She-Ra is one of the best shows on Netflix. It is unrelated to any of that stuff. It is its own thing. I love it. It's also very gay. Which I we very recently much started Love is Blind on Netflix, and let me tell you, that's a show. Um, like no joke, I, uh, like Shira is like one of my comfort shows. Like I will rewatch it a thousand times. Yeah, interesting. I just realized they added more more seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia to Disney Plus in Canada, and now I know what I'm binging for the next couple of weeks. Never actually watched that show. It's Neither really have I. so the first couple of seasons are really really offensive, um, and it, it's still offensive throughout the whole series, but it. It it is a very good comedy. I would I would still highly recommend that show. Danny DeVito is a national treasure. Yeah, Danny DeVito is wonderful. Love that man. Um. Anyways, they almost kill him. Balthazar saves his ass. Uh, and they take off. Uh, but and yeah, I think also somewhere in here. Um. Let's see, trap him. Um, did we get? Did I pass over? I did pass over the cleaning scene. Uh, oh, we can't skip the cleaning. No, no, the cleaning scene is later, isn't it? Yeah, the 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 cleaning it's second scene. date. Yeah, second. Yeah, it's next day. Second date. Yeah. Uh, they take off. 
to go train some more, um, learn more, and we finally learn, thanks to uh, some poking by Horvath, uh, Dave finally gets the truth out of Balthazar of, hey, you are the prime Merlinian, so what that means is you are somehow a descendant of Merlin. Um, one day you will be able to use magic without needing a ring. You are the only one that can beat Morgana, yada, yada, yada. All the stuff that was explained at the beginning of the movie, we finally set up here. And learn that, and they finally have a talking. They also talk about Becky and her like understanding of, yeah, okay, Balthazar gets it. You like this girl, go for it, dude. Uh, we also kind of start to we also learn about Veronica, how Veronica fell for Balthazar, and not Horvath. Um, that's right, folks. This all comes down to score a scorned lover. That's always how it comes down to in these movies. Um, Basically, it'd be great if it didn't, but it still continues to do so. Yeah. Um. At which point they're training, they're doing more training. They've agreed to just roll with this now. Um. And then Dave stops training to clean the lab because he is currently standing in a puddle of soda. Uh, he does not call it soda. He calls it pop, and I do not like that. No, but that's what Canadians call it. So yeah. eat a lemon. You're wrong. So more proof right that this before... character is Canadian. You're getting more proof, and I don't like this. <laughs> yes. So, so right before this scene, there was a little nod to Star Wars, um, where they actually figure out where the lab is by going to talk to one of the people and uh like at the at the reception desk and i i found that scene very nice um yeah and it was the actual uh, practical use of this magic it would have yeah, been like, nicer to see it without the the actual yeah. callback to the line but yeah, yeah the you do not need to see my faculty identification but it's then drake is immediately ruining the moment and be like these are not the droids you are looking for i was gonna say at the very least it was the person both of you tend to really not like that, that it makes uh, sense for him to ruin, ruin that it. moment yeah of course huh isn't wait isn't this before disney bought star wars too this is before disney bought star wars this is 2010 right and they bought star, star wars, wars in 20 20- i believe they bought it in 2012 yeah that sounds because marvel was 2009 yeah eight like that was before Iron, or it was after Iron Man, but before Avengers. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Avengers right. was the first Disney produced, which was twenty twelve. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. um, but I, yeah, just like a little nod to that, which I found really, really cute. Yeah, it's um, cute and fun. They have a wonder, a couple of wonderful nods, like the entire next scene, really. Um, yes. Well, there's also a moment a little bit later that's a nod to Indiana Jones as well, right? Yeah. And we did miss talking at the beginning i don't know if you guys noticed but there was a figurine of buzz lightyear that showed up oh yeah, the alarm clock alarm yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was great i love what it's you know it's that kind of thing of like of course disney uses their movies for product placement for their own stuff yeah like kids movies are made to sell toys but i always love seeing the pro- actual products in other disney movies <laughs> yeah um anyways so, moving winning on. scene cleaning scene that's right so he's try- starting to clean up and it's just a lot so he tries to do the cleaning thing for sorcerer's apprentice you know it's sorcerer's apprentice you gotta have the scene in there uh brings all the mops to life and brings everything to life tries to kill one of them with an axe 
later. So it, it, this is like shot for shot a remake of the scene from Fantasia, including the music, including the master master Yin Sid, or in in this in this case, um, yeah, Balthazar, who apparently is yeah. just supposed to be Yen Sid, by the way. Yeah, very um, much inspired by Yen Sid. So much so we get the house in the movie. That's supposed to be, and also I did like I I really like Fantasia as a kid, but that's that character was um, based off of Walt himself. Yeah. If uh, so, yeah, it became a very idea. important part of the Kingdom Hearts series. As I say, I would love the idea of of Kingdom Hearts of like Yen Sid steps away, like ditches the big blue robe, it just rocks with the leather outfit that Nick Cage has rolling. If they could get Nicholas, oh, okay, here it is. Big brain. This is what's going to happen in Kingdom Hearts 4, okay? We know Sora's in the real world. You know what else happens in the real world? The Sorcerer's Apprentice. What if one of the worlds is the Sorcerer's Apprentice? They actually get Nick Cage to be the voice in the game. And then that version of Yen Sid just takes over for the classic Yen Sid for the rest of the series. I hate you. I know. I love it. You know how much this franchise means to me. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to do something interesting with Kingdom Hearts, I don't know if you saw Ant's most recent tweet, but he wants to do it. Do. Yeah, we need to get you in on that because that would be hilarious. The amount of things we could talk about. I, I'm, I'm when the trailer released. No joke, that was the only thing I could talk about. Like after we recorded that day, I was gonna um, say we recorded the day of that trailer dropping, and it was all he would talk about. Yeah, that's what happens when you make me record at 8 a.m. Anyways. Wasn't my choice and you agreed to it, okay? Anyways, uh, yeah, the scaling goes horrible like was that shot shot remake. Uh he goes away, showers, comes back, and it's just flooding. Um Becky then shows up, is like, hey, he has to cancel the date to figure out his issue. It didn't feel like he was canceling the date. It felt like he was saying, just like, please wait for a second while I figure this stupid thing out. Um at least that's what I thought it was felt like. Uh, Balthazar and saves him was like, dude, you can't use magic for your own personal shit. <laughs> with like the entire time, the reason Balthazar is learning this magic to save his girlfriend. Yeah, he's doing not magic saying, for personal shit. Not saying he's a hypocrite. Do as I say, not as I do. That is the way of every teacher ever. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, he does recognize the growth in the magic. Um, like learning process because he does see that it takes some good magic, like basis of not of knowledge to be able to, to pull off what he did. So it's not like the end all be all, Hey, I'm going to be a douche about it, but you know, there's a redeeming yeah. side to that so as he well. He gets mad at him. And then he's, he does the teacher thing of I'm mad at you. I'm also proud of you. Yeah. Um, he's obviously, he's obviously pissed at all of this. So, um, Dave is going to step away from everything. Um, he also says he's going to give up on magic. Um, and he goes, he leaves, he goes and, you know, this is the, we, this is partially a romance movie. So he's going to go sadly stand out in the rain. Um, he got, he passes by the coffee shop where Becky's hanging out with her friends. Creepily looks through the window. Uh, just looking at her. Uh, she eventually sees him though, as he's walking off. He goes to what I'm assuming, what I it's assumed the was building. the Chrysler building, but I never yeah. actually saw the, you never, I don't think we ever actually saw the Eagles in this scene. Um, no, but he does say, my friend brought me to this place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Becky has a chat with him and kind of inspires him to, you know, keep learning. You got this. You're going to be okay. 
Um, I really, I, I love all of the, the romance stuff in this. The romance stuff is actually pretty good. I just mm-hmm. love rom-coms. So, who's to say? Fair. Um, meanwhile, back at the subway lab, um, Balthazar's doing his thing when Horvath and Drake show up, beat the crap out of him, uh, finding the Grimhold. Once again, proving that Drake is absolutely useless. I really love that smoke trick, too. To, like, he immediately know, like, yeah, he's made this thing invisible. We're never going to find it. So they use this this, this smoke to, to find it, which I thought was really fun. Mm-hmm. But they do give him this the the uh, the non uh, Chris Angel magic where he does transform into the person. Like the only other time that we see Drake use magic was the Chris Angel trick where he puts um dave up uh against the one yeah the, in the bathroom and then in this one there's actual magic that goes into it but granted absolutely useless well i wonder too if this is something like maybe this is something that horvath taught him because we see horvath use the same magic in chinatown yes. before that fight so maybe he does actually, you know, learn a thing or two, but or, you know, maybe he already knew that. And Horvath is just a terrible mentor. We don't know. Maybe it's a bit of both. Maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, they are beating the crap out of him. They find the Grimhold. Um, they go to kill him. And the thing that Horvath loves to do is just throw his knives at him. But she does in the first, I think. 30 seconds of him appearing on scene, like on the screen. He Something does like that. a lot. Yeah. Like right at after one point he came just, out of the... Yeah, he kills the one um, guy in the in the cab. In the car, yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, just as the knives are about to hit Balthazar, um, Dave stops the knives and saves him. Uh, they take off, at which point we get a car chase scene, which is the this greatest is cool. magic car chase ever of them like, also yeah like a very weird spot did anyone notice that they brought the dog along they did yeah. so the dog was there why so the dog was there initially to uh he was in the lab wasn't he at he the was, time he was, the lab, it was practice practice. transferring souls yes, yes. Uh, and, but like why would you bring the dog so i had to assume it's because he was chewing on the cables, the Tesla coils. And they didn't want this <laughs> dog to electrocute himself. himself. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense. It really doesn't, but it's fine. It's not the only thing in this movie that doesn't make sense. We can live with it. So we've got this car chase where they're shifting their cars into different cars. And at some point they turn into a dump truck. And also a set, what, an 86 the, Pinto. Yeah, the yeah. 86 Pinto is probably the best joke in this whole scene oh he's like i'm trying to change the other car not understanding how any of this is working yeah he's still learning it's fine we all make mistakes we all made mistakes in school right mm-hmm. but we also get the other mirror verse thing here where yeah. we learn that yes i love that it's stupid and it totally broke the rules from earlier but i love the scene of they're like we're not gonna make it we're not gonna make it holy shit we made it it's it's always always great. I love those scenes. Um, eventually, though, oh, Carmen's a little delayed, and I just heard the yeah from the other room. That was funny. Sorry, <laughs> go on. I'm assuming good things. Good things, yes, very good um, things. Anyways, yeah, they eventually we get a couple oh, of things. 
<laughs> I now I really want to know what happened in this hockey game. <laughs> okay, now you gotta tell me what happened in the hockey game. Sorry? You gotta tell me what happened in the hockey game. Now. Okay, so the game was uh this is very much gonna date when this podcast was recorded, but the game was tied 4-4 and it went to overtime. Uh, and about 15 seconds after a confirmed no goal for the rival Ottawa Senators, uh, Leafs trade deadline acquisition, Mark Giordano won the game in overtime for the Leafs. Oh, nice. Awesome. Nice. Okay, cool. Uh, moving back. Um, yeah, we get a couple of things here eventually. And I love like the, them trying to figure out which taxi is them. And he just starts wailing the, uh, the, um, Wow, I've totally bat- missed the name. The Grimhold. I wanted to say the Darkhold for some reason, but I know that's Marvel. Um, yeah. <laughs> they'll introduce their own Grimhold eventually because reasons. Yeah, uh, but I love that he's like whacking it around and it's causing them to crash. Um, but yeah, eventually ends up with a dump truck and them dropping, dropping, dropping a dumpster on this 96 Pinto. They get out of it, though. They're pretty lucky on that point. And they take off. Um... I think at this point they release Abigail Williams, the little girl who started the Salem witch trials, mm-hmm. uh, who proceeds to uh, kidnap Becky at the studio in the most terrifying way. Becky? I this this horrified me. I was like, I have a request. I had a request, and then kidnap kidnaps her. Um. Uh, I think also before releasing her, um, Horvath kills uh, Drake. Uh, now, do we confirm that he power. kills them or he just steals their magic? Because we've seen sorcerers steal magic in other movies and it doesn't actually kill them. It doesn't go one way or the other. But we never see these characters again after he steals their magic. So I kind of am making an assumption that they're dead. But they could be alive. Who knows? Uh, anyways, yeah. Abigail brings Becky back to Horvath and then Horvath steals her power as well because he needs more power to um, free Morgana. While all this is happening, they're trying to kind of just figure out where they're supposed to go, what this are uh, Balthazar and uh, Dave are figuring out where they need to go, what they're going to do. Eventually they find, figure out that they need to go to and get the... What was it again? Not Darkhold. Grimhold. Grimhold. From, from them. And also save Becky. Uh, rightfully so, Dave. Freaking out that they kidnapped Becky. Um, kind of has... kind Number of, one rule of being a superhero is don't let people know who you're crushing. Right. Um, anyways, they sneak in there. And uh, Dave immediately finds the Grimhold while Balthazar is fighting a rug. Um, he makes a joke about, and he calls me old school. And I love that they totally have this thing of, we don't understand that this is old school magic, <laughs> but they do, I guess. This rug trap. Um, yeah. he eventually gets out of it using a chain. And he, but as Dave goes to, uh, grab the Grimhold, he thinks it's booby trapped and we get the Indiana Jones reference. I love it. I, I love it. Weight counterbalance thing. Yeah. Anytime someone makes a reference to Raiders, it's it's great. I can do a rewatch of Indiana Jones minus the fourth one at some point. That doesn't that movie does not exist. 
I mean, uh, unfortunately, it does. That movie does not make us snitch. Um. Anyways, yeah, he gets it and is about to leave when Horvak shows up with his evil magic staff to uh, to Becky's throat and give me give me the uh, the thing for for her. He makes the trade. Uh, Balthazar then comes out after he's running away. He's like, I would have done the same thing. Now we have a bigger issue, though. Now we have to stop him from... We don't have to now... Now the issue is not we have to stop him from releasing Morgana. The issue is we have to stop Morgana. But the issue... Another thing to point up here is that he also stole uh, Dave's ring, which is the thing that allows him to use magic, so he can no longer use magic. So Balthazar is just going to ditch him. Not like you've spent this entire movie trading this kid to use magic without the ring. Granted, at that point, he could not use magic. Like, until, like, I'm not going to push forward, but, I mean, you know, there was an entire spoilers at this point. You can do whatever you want. I mean, yeah, so. He's about to So, like. There was a scene earlier on where he's like, I'm not improving the, 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 the Fantasia scene. I'm not improving. And then he like pulls off the ring and then pushes towards it, like pushes towards that chair. And then he's not able to levitate the chair. So there's no magic. And technically it's like within a couple of days, I guess, of that. So or like within it a, makes sense. the same day. Yeah, it does. He doesn't want him to be um, hurt. Mm-hmm. So Balthazar takes off. Uh, and as being a sneaky, sneaky human being, when he's running up to them later, by the way, um, Dave is trying to figure out what's going on, but also has to explain everything to uh, Becky now, who really takes mm-hmm. it in stride, really does a good job of being like, okay, sorcerers are real, we'll just roll with this. Like, yeah. Oh, this is why everyone's been so weird over the last 48 hours. Got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave has a plan though, and is going to leave her there, but she's raises a very good point of, Hey, if you fail and the world die and they win, we're all dead anyways. Yeah. yeah we're screwed one way or another, even if you're not into me anymore. So I got to do my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he called Dave calls up his roommate to help him move some stuff and straps one of his big Tesla coils to the front of, uh, Balthazar's car. Which I love. Don't understand how they were able to still drive with that thing in the front of their car. Like, how do you see around that? Still not easily. Cool. Yeah. I, I love the idea of just like a Tesla coil strapped to a car. My, one of my one of the scenes that um, that stood out for me in that is like when he finally has the plan and tries to go forward. Um, and I don't know if it was in this part or if it was in a di- different part, but I think it's like right within that scene progression. He he's like, okay, he's in the car and he goes forward and then he stops. And it's like a typical like New York, like somebody getting out of a taxi. And he's like, oh, of course it has to be an old lady. Yeah, it's a scene right here. It's like, yeah, I could step in the lady. Like, I need to go. I need to go. Um, Yeah, while he's doing that, meanwhile, Bastard sneaking up, trying to stop whatever is happening. Um, Fails almost immediately. You know, he gets over the fence and hides in his uh, sneaky wizard hole. But other than that, fails miserably uh, and is immediately caught by Morgana who is back in the most disgusting way imaginable 
Like this this doll opening was not fun. I didn't yeah. feel like this. Sludgy, uh, smoky. Just not gross. Yeah. Is gross. Um, not bugs though, so you know. It's a step up from earlier in the movie, that's for damn sure. Yeah. They um they fight a little bit, but you know, Balthazar he can't he can't fight this. This wizard is too powerful for him. Um at some point in here, Horvath is about to attack him as well. At which point, um that's when Dave shows up with the car and shocks the crap out of him. Uh this is all combat, so my brain kind of mixes the order of events all up a little bit. But also at some point in here, um Horvath makes the bowl go real. Which is like yep. one of those scenes of like when I when we were getting ready to like actually watch this movie. That was the scene I remembered for some reason. Is that bowl? Yeah, that's like, what I totally out. forgot. That was the only thing I remembered from this movie going in. Um the bowl, though, is pretty much useless. Immediately gets uh, picked up by the eagle. <laughs> Which I love that the eagle comes back to, to play in yep. this scene. Some really good eagle scenes in this movie. Right. Yeah. Um, Even though it looks so CG. Like, yeah. There, there, were, there were parts of this that looked really good CG-wise. The, the eagle bowl and the, uh, the dragon were kind of on the weaker end of things. Yeah. Um, I forgot to mention the Tesla coil hitting Horvath knocks him out for the rest of the fight. Um, yeah. Does not kill him. Uh, he will come back later. Uh, while not so much, but there is a quick moment of them all fighting. Uh, I think this is where Dave finally uh, there. Everyone's about to get incinerated uh, at one point. Balthazar gets Morgana out of Veronica, taking him into himself. Morgana then escapes. Turns out she doesn't need a body at all. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. They just there was, there was a part th th there was a quick part where Dave dropped off Becky to go and disrupt the, right. um, the, uh, satellite pentagram, um, that they were using. Uh, and, uh, he did rig the electric, like the Tesla coil, to shoot Morgana. I think at one point, if I remember correctly, but I could be wrong on that. That's what shoots Horvath. That's that's what okay. Horvath out. Um, okay. Oh yes, you are correct. You are correct. Yeah. Then because uh, he Morgana does eventually get taken out by a Tesla coil, but it's a different Tesla coil. There's a lot of Tesla coils in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, yeah, they do have their magic fight. I think you got it. Uh, but yeah, so we'll get there in a second. Primer Lady and all that jazz. Remember that. That's important. Uh, Balthazar takes out Morgana. Morgana's on her own now. Uh, Balthazar and Veronica reunite. It's a whole thing. Um, Morgana, rightfully pissed, tries to just, just throw a shit ton of fire at them. Like, this is severe overkill. But I guess it's not. Because Dave comes in and blocks it without the ring. Uh, we get the epic scene of, holy crap, I'm doing this. It was just pure instinct is what he needed. He saves all of them. And they begin the final fight. Um, he throws a couple of bolts, which look like they are meant for Veronica. For Veronica, they're not. They're actually meant for some wi the wiring for the electricity around the park, which he is using to create a giant Tesla coil out of the lampposts. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, yeah, we mentioned Becky is 
disrupting the um, disrupts the satellite uh, whilst overcoming her fear of heights that she definitely mentioned earlier. And we definitely, I definitely just skipped. We totally, definitely heard <laughs> that at it, some point. I didn't totally miss it while we were watching the movie. Um, it is literally in, in my pajamas this morning at 9 a.m. Um, but yeah, eventually the Tesla coil um, overwhelms her. He sends out a giant plasma blast and Kamakama Hazer right off the face of the earth. One, um, one fun part about this scene, just to kind of like add another little tidbit of information that I noticed. And this is something that will potentially make you guys want to at least go watch that scene again. I swear, and I listened to this twice, but I swear I heard a variation or a similar song as the Tesla coil was going, and it sounded like the Star Wars soundtrack. Um, uh, and it was weird, and I made a note of this because it actually kind of sounded like the Star Wars theme song um, with, the, with the, 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 the electricity. So that was just something that I kind of thought i heard i could be wrong but it's within the same tonal range definitely gotta take a look at that definitely um, not doing that right now yeah we all know you are um i have no self-control we both know this <laughs> anyways uh he revised balthazar literally like giving him a shock with his plasma uh his reasoning being like well if she did this to stop his heart i should be able to use it to restart his heart Let's test this. Yep. What's the worst that could happen? He's already dead. Um, but yeah, he brings him back. And Balthazar finally reunites with Veronica. It's adorable. Uh, Becky then comes back down. They finally kiss. Um, kind of shocking that it didn't happen before this. But considering how close they were to each other in that cage earlier in the film. <laughs> Um, it sounded the, like the music that the Tesla coils were making was actually recreating the score of the movie that's playing in the background, which is in the same tonal range as Star Wars. So I can totally get that. But yeah. Um, um, and we finally in that scene get the answer to the start of the story with Dave. Uh, yeah. And friend or girlfriend. Yeah, they also had a thing of like, tell me if I'm about to die, tell me. And then it, it was a whole thing. It, it, it doesn't matter. But yeah, definitely girlfriend. He, he literally says it doesn't matter, kisses her, and then she says girlfriend. Which mm-hmm. And then he's like, kissed. hey, let's fly to France for breakfast. Yeah. Another <laughs> beautiful eagle. Very scene. slowly. <laughs> I'm like, buddy, you're not making it to France. You are not making it to France on that thing. Uh, but that is the end of the movie. There is a post credit scene where Horvath goes to take his hat again from Balthazar's shop. Apparently he survived and they just let him go for some reason. No, we're not going to question um, that. But the important thing there is that we do see the classic Yen Sid's sorcerer's hat. The one we see on Mickey. The one that everyone knows that was up in Hollywood studios for so long. Everyone knows this Mickey Mouse hat. I love this hat. Yeah. Blue and stars and stuff, right? Yes, Mitch. Yes. Did you know that both Jay Baruchel and Teresa Palmer were attached to the canceled George Miller Justice League of America movie? Really? No. Jay Baruchel was going to be playing Maxwell Lord, who was uh, played in Wonder Woman 1984 by um, 
brain fart. Pedro. Pedro Pascal. Pascal. And uh, Teresa Palmer was going to play Talia al Ghul. Uh, And yeah, this was the canceled movie that had like, it had Army Hammer as Batman, Adam Brody as the Flash. Um, So uh, Common as Green Lantern. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm glad we didn't get this movie. Because this was a movie that was supposed to get made, but this movie was thrown out because of the 2016 writer's strike. Anyways, yeah, we're done with the movie. We we have made our way through the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh, post credit scene of a movie. I that already never said happened. it. I already said it. Oh, did you? Sorry, I totally missed that. Looking at this Justice League stuff. Looking at this Justice League thing. Yeah. Now this has been super. That's what fun. I do. That's all I do on this show. For final thoughts, here, I will say I'm very sad that like there wasn't a number two because I really do enjoy this movie and that that's something I saw the post credit scene. It was the big thing at the time. Still is to this day. Uh, that started with um, the Avengers and all of that, where everybody was was adding a post credit scene to their movie, um, meaning that there would be a potential sequel. And I believe a sequel was in the works and was supposed to come out in 2018, and that didn't go through. Um, yeah, it's, I think what it was, um, there's nothing ever confirmed about the sequel to this movie, but I think there yeah. was, they were planning on making a sequel, and then they saw the critical reception to the movie. Um, and I still, I still think we could get a movie. I still think we could get a sequel. And you don't know why? We never will. I think we could. I think we could. You want to know why? I think I'm Disney sure Plus exists. I know. Because Disney Plus sure. exists. I we are getting some. I think if there's enough people that watch this movie on Disney Plus, they'll say, oh, maybe there is an audience for this like B movie live action stuff and they'll do it. I mean, granted, we did get a Justice League long like like Snyder cut version, so it's not impossible. We got a cheaper by the dozen remake. We can get a no sequel. For, yeah, no one asked for that. We can get yeah. a sequel to The Sorcerer's Apprentice. All people got to do, everyone out here listening to this, all all dozens of you or hundreds of dozens. I don't people go watch this movie. Go watch it a bunch. Get all your friends to watch it. And maybe Disney will hear our plea and make a sequel to this film. Adam, with that and in their final thoughts, do you also recommend people go watch this movie? I do. I think it's a very fun movie to watch. It's family friendly. So, you know, like it's not something that you have to worry about. Uh, minus like one or two scenes in the movie. It's not something that you have to worry about, like um, watching with your family or with kids or whatever it might be. I think it's it's a very good movie to to watch. And it's just a fun time. It doesn't feel too long, at least not in my opinion, even though it is kind of a long movie. Um, just I, I, I didn't feel like there was any scene in that movie that just. Like maybe there wasn't 10 minutes in the movie that that made me feel like I wanted to sleep. I think back to your point about it being family friendly. Is there some fun, like tongue in cheek moments for parents too who are watching this with their kids of moments that like in any other movie, we'd have Jay Baruchel or Nick Cage dropping F-bombs and they use other words to fill in those blanks, which I thought was very Disney of them. Yeah, Um, It just goes into the writing, I think was 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 kind of top notch with that kind of humor for both parents and kids be like oh we know what you wanted to say but you kept it pg for the kids and we appreciate that yeah um so yeah um, that's definitely an interesting movie to go back to i'm not sure i would fully recommend it if i'm being entirely honest but i think that's partially because the reason i love this movie is just it's nerdy and weird 
It, it like is campy it. and weird. It's not a good movie, but it is a fun movie. It, it's a movie with a plot point. Like, like you can basically read the plot the entire time. Like, you know what's going to happen next. However, the acting is decent. And if you are going into it to see, like, characters come to life, I believe the, the, the movie delivers in that sense. The plot itself is very, like, typical of, like... Um, you know the oh, underdog that's learning. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it 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 it's a typical like underdog movie. Um, so there's no like underdog rom com esque magical movie. Um, but it's it's a it's better than some movies that I've been asked to watch. So <laughs> yeah, you could certainly. I didn't even have to ask you to watch it. You said you'd already watched it, so it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Griffin was just so worried trying to find someone we could convince to watch this movie. We didn't have to do any convincing with you. It was great. Yeah, it was very no, fantastic. But with that, that comes to, we come to the end of the show. Adam, thank you so much for joining us on this one, man. It's been an absolute pleasure, guys. This was a lot of fun. You're welcome back anytime, sir. Yeah, anytime. I would, but, I would love that. While you're not here, if people want to keep up with you, where can people get to, get to you? So people can find me in typically three places. The first is on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash gamer Adam. I stream Wednesdays and Saturdays. Uh, sometimes my schedule changes and I'll stream on a Sunday. Um, and on Twitter, you can also find me twitter.com forward slash gamer Adam. And last but not least at youtube.com forward slash gamer Adam, where I am currently doing a new series. I'm trying uh, where I play games and try to get better and I'm failing miserably. Series has a great name, and I think whoever gave you the idea for that name is a pretty cool guy. Yeah, I think so too. I'm pretty sure it was uh it was definitely hundred percent Mitch. Yeah, I was gonna say Mitch, you gave him the name, didn't you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good at naming things. I'm sorry. You are good at naming things. Speaking of naming things, where can people find us? As I said earlier, the show can be found on any of your podcast services of choice. If you are listening on iTunes or Spotify, you can review us there. And it is a very, very, very important to us that you do. It makes Griffin smile every time he reads one of those reviews. So please do that. Um, you can find uh, updates of the show on Twitter at D plus us. Griffin and I both also share our thoughts on all these shows and let you know when things are happening or when we're looking for guests. We got tons of stuff coming up. I found a couple more musicals on Disney plus that I want to have Griffin watch because he made me watch some bad musicals. So I'm going to make him watch some great musicals. Um, but you can catch our thoughts over at Twitter. Griffin is at Griffy D-Pad. That is G-R-I-F-F-I-D-P-A-D. And I am all over the internet at Mr. Mitch George. Social links can be found at MitchGeorge.com. And that wraps the show. Remember, we do have other shows going up. We have other episodes if you are interested in what we thought of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness that is available on the podcast feed. We also are doing weekly shows. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe as this is going up, we are talking about Kenobi. Yeah, not yet. Or we're we about will be talking, talking about Kenobi next soon. week. Or soon? I'm going to say soon. When Kenobi starts, we're talking about it. When Miss Marvel starts, we're talking about it. We'll have a couple weeks off between the Moon Knight and the Kenobi talk, but we are very excited to get into all the good stuff dropping on Disney+. Plus. Keep an eye out for all of that, but more importantly than anything... Any uh, Griffin, before we get to that, what did you think of Multiverse of Madness? I thought it was amazing. I'll leave it to that. Man, those twists, though. Am I right? <laughs> amazing. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, but seriously, folks, uh, more important than anything of that stuff, thank you so much for listening. Our our community here rocks. Anyone who's here rocks. 
we hope we've made your day a little bit better by hanging out and talking about a dumb Disney movie. That That's why we're here. Thank you so much for sticking around. We will see y'all in another episode. But until then, have a magical day.